It's one of the greatest scenes in human history in the deserts of Egypt. The Israelites, all 500,000 to a million strong, old and young, babies and elderly, adults, all of them together, and their backs are literally against an aquatic wall. They have the Red Sea on one side, the greatest army in the world on the other. And we know the miraculous thing that's about to happen. It's called the Exodus. We know from history that God is going to split the Red Sea. But what we're doing this summer at Three Circle Church, for all of you who are a part of our church, and maybe you're joining us from somewhere in the world, we are taking a look at the moments that we're calling their Red Sea moment. The Israelites have this moment where they're going to learn a lot of lessons about their God, about themselves, about how to walk with God, how to trust Him, and how to believe in Him, how He's going to interact with them, how He will provide for them. And what we've learned throughout this series so far is that we all, like the Israelites, will have our own Red Sea moments. It's not a matter of if you're going to have one, it's going to be when. And you may be in the middle of one right now. I'd say collectively we are all in what feels like a Red Sea moment. We're overwhelmed, we're afraid, and one of the big things we're going to see today is that often when we face our Red Sea moments, we, we tend to feel all alone. Maybe even if we're in, the, in a room of crowded people, when you're going through your own Red Sea moment, you feel like you're the only one there and you can tend to feel extremely lonely. It reminds me of a story I heard about an Indian boy in the particular tribe this kid was in. He, uh, he knew that one day he would be a part of an initiation that would take him from boyhood into young manhood. And the initiation was he'd be taken out into the wilderness and he'd be dropped off and he'd have to spend the whole night all by himself without any help around him. This is something that he had been terrified about his whole life, but he knew the day would come and indeed it finally did. And so the men of the tribe, including his own father, took him into a secluded place way out in the wilderness and they left him there all by himself. And that was one of the most terrifying nights of this kid's life. Uh, as he looked out into the darkness and as the shadows uh, just worked his imagination, every bush became a bear, every tree felt like another wild beast coming at him. The wolves in the woods howled all night long. It was really cold. Uh, it, it was kind of a cloudy night. The moonlight didn't help him see anything. It was a terrifying night. And all night long, it took everything he could muster to stay in those woods. And then the morning came and the sun came up. And as the boy looked up after a long, treacherous night, he realized that his dad had been standing about 30 yards from him in the woods all night long. He realized all of a sudden what he thought was the lesson that he was going to learn that night was actually not the lesson at all. It wasn't that to become a man he needed to be able to handle the wilderness. The lesson that this tribe taught their young men was that they needed to understand they would never be alone. Today as we study another one of these Red Sea rules from the Israelites' Red Sea moment, we're going to find out a great truth, a truth that's very similar to the one this Indian young man learned so long ago, and it's this. If you are a believer in Christ, if you are a child of God, no matter what you go through, no matter what your Red Sea moment looks like, you will never be alone.
So as believers in God, we are never alone. We're going to learn that lesson from the Israelites today. Let's go to the Bible, Exodus chapter 14. We're going to look at verses 16 through 20. It says this, God is obviously speaking to Moses. Moses is the one connecting with God for the people of Israel. Their backs are against the wall. They have cried out to God. And Moses told them to wait on the Lord. We learned that lesson. And then God tells them to move forward. And here's what he says next, verse 16. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. And I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all of his hosts, his chariots, his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord." when I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Now watch this, verse 19. Then the angel of God, who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Now, this is so interesting. There's a lot of powerful and very mysterious things going on here. So the first thing we need to know is what is happening in this situation. The Bible tells us that the angel of the Lord was leading the Israelites out front, and there was also this cloud, this pillar that had been leading them, fire by night, cloud by day, and they had been following it, and it led them all the way to uh, the Red Sea. Now, with the Egyptians bearing down upon them, you may have wondered, how in the world did they have time to make all this happen? Well, it's because God then moves around to the back end, the behind the Israelites, between them and the Egyptians. Now, who is this angel of the Lord that keeps moving around? This is what we call in theological circles a Christophany. A Christophany. And what is a Christophany? Very simply, it is an Old Testament appearance of God the Son. That's right. It was Jesus who was leading the Israelites from out front, and it is now Jesus, the pre-incarnate Son of God, who moves behind Israel to protect them. So what I want you to see here is, first of all, we learned over the past few weeks that God decided to let us know who He was by illustrating to us His leadership in our lives as a shepherd. Jesus came as the incarnate Son of God, God the Son, and He tells us that He is the Good Shepherd and all of His sheep will know His voice. And again, we see this played out. And you can understand this. The entire Old Testament's always pointing to Jesus. The Old Testament's always pointing to ultimately the Gospel. So what we see here is this picture of Jesus leading the people of Israel out of slavery and out of Egypt is absolutely the picture that we see on the cross as Jesus once again leads His people out of slavery. You go, wait a minute, what kind of slavery are you talking about in the New Testament? Well, we are all, the Bible says, slaves to sin. And if you sin, the Bible says, he who sins is a slave to sin. And Jesus Himself led the people of Israel out of slavery all those years ago in the book of Exodus. And He led us all out of slavery, all who would believe in Him on the cross in the empty tomb. This is just what Jesus does. He sets the prisoners free. He sets captives free. He sets slaves free. So this is Jesus in the Old Testament. Now that may be making you think, oh my goodness, how did that happen? I thought Jesus was a New Testament idea or figure. And what you need to understand is that Jesus was not created the night He was born in Bethlehem in the Gospels. 
that is when he was incarnated into human flesh. But our theology and our biblical stance takes us to the place where we understand that Jesus has always been. Jesus once talking to the Pharisees in the New Testament in the temple, he said, before Abraham was, I am. Now what Jesus was saying was, he has always been. See, when we say the word God here at Three Circle Church, here's what we mean. We mean God the Son, God the Father, and God the Spirit. And what we mean is we believe in one God in three persons. So we say God, we mean the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. And what we have here in the book of Exodus, the angel of the Lord, we see Jesus show up in other places in the Old Testament as well. He can be seen in the fire with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego protecting them. Uh, Joshua runs into the angel of the Lord, Jesus, who says he's the captain of the host of heaven right outside the walls of Jericho. This is not going to happen a ton in the Old Testament, but it does happen some. And here is one of those times where Jesus, and it's so exciting, right? That Jesus, the Son of God Himself, is leading. But not only is He leading the Israelites right to where He wants them, preparing them from the greatest miracle uh, in the entire Old Testament, really, but not only that, the Bible tells us that Jesus then moves around behind them, reminding us of this. Not only does Jesus lead us as our shepherd, but like every good shepherd, Jesus also protects us. The book of Isaiah helps us understand uh, what was going on here. The great prophet wrote this about the Exodus. He said this in Isaiah 63, 7 through 9. He says, I will recount the steadfast love of the Lord, the praises of the Lord according to all that the Lord has granted us, and the great goodness to the house of Israel. Look at this. The great goodness of God to the house of Israel, that He has granted them according to His compassion, according to the abundance of His steadfast love. For He said, Surely they are My people, children who will not deal falsely, and He became their Savior. In all their affliction, He was afflicted, and the angel, watch this, the angel of His presence, that's Jesus, saved them. In His love and in His pity, He redeemed them, He lifted them up, and carried them all the days of old. So the prophet Isaiah, years into the future from the Exodus, looks back upon the Exodus, and he says, it was the angel of God, the very presence of God, And what we understand is that the moment God showed us who He really was in the most spectacular way was when Jesus was incarnated in the human flesh. Uh, The writers of the gospel said we we could see Him and touch Him and hear Him and and, and hold Him and, and, and we could behold Him. He was God in the flesh. And here we have in the Old Testament, before He was incarnated in the human flesh, the Son of God being the eternal Son is there in the Old Testament and He is leading the children of Israel. And what we can understand is that He will lead us and protect us as well. Remember, the the story of the Exodus is to help us as well. So what we see is the presence of God was with them. And that brings us today to Red Sea Rule number 7. And Red Sea Rule number 7 is this. We must practice the presence of God. When you face your Red Sea moment, you must practice the presence of God. So one of the great gifts we have when we have a relationship with God is that we get to experience the presence of God. And what we're going to learn today that as followers of Christ, we must learn to practice 
the presence of God in our lives. We're going to find out how to do that today. But before we can learn how to really practice the presence of God, part of practicing that presence is to understand the presence of God. We must, as believers in Jesus, begin to understand the presence of God. So when we talk about the presence of God, we need to understand who He is. Again, we believe in what we call the Trinity here at Three Circle Church. And Trinitarian theology comes from the New Testament, but it can actually be seen all the way throughout the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. In the book of Genesis, uh, after the fall, God is speaking. And when I say God, I mean Father, Son, Spirit. And they are speaking among themselves as God, the Godhead, right? And they say, we, let us go. Let us go and, and make a way. And, and the plan was put into place. It's just fascinating when you look at the Scriptures at how this works. You can see when Jesus comes as the incarnate Son of God and He is baptized, you hear the voice of the Father like thunder and the Spirit of God descends upon Jesus as a dove. You see all three of the Godhead right there. So we, we, we need to understand that about Him. But when we understand the presence of God, you need to understand this about God, the Father, Son, and Spirit. And it's this. He is three things. He's many things, but this is a, this is a simple way for us to understand something that's so hard for us to wrap our minds around. The three things God is that you need to understand is He is omniscient. Omniscient means He is all-knowing. He knows everything. God is also omnipotent. What that means is He is all-powerful. There's nothing impossible for our God. And then finally, He is omnipresent. And omnipresent means that He's everywhere at once. Now that baseline will begin to help us understand the presence of God so that we can practice the presence of God in our lives. So the first thing you need to understand is that Jesus, God, the Father, the Son, and the Spirit, our God is everywhere at one time. There is nowhere where God is not. He is everywhere. So what we understand, first of all, is that all people experience God's presence in a very general sense. Even people who don't believe in God still will brush up against His presence because God is everywhere at one time. That is His omnipresence. But now as believers in God, we get a totally different and wonderful experience with God. We get to experience His presence. And so the Bible tells us when we become believers in Jesus, we're actually indwelled with the Spirit of God. This means that there's nowhere we go that God is not with us. So as Christians, you need to understand, believers in God do not just get to uh, see His presence. We're not just uh, in a place where God is, but He is actually with us. That is a proactive thing to understand. That God's not just around us, He's actually with us. So the next thing to understand about the presence of God is that He is with us. Now what we understand here is that when we talk about God, we understand that when we say things, and even the Scriptures say things like, we departed from God, or God departed from us, we're not talking spatially because, again, wherever you are, God is there. He's always there. What we're talking about now is experientially. And when you are a follower of Jesus, when you're a follower of God, you begin to experience His presence in a very relational way. And I would say it like this. I can be sitting on the couch with my wife and I'm there, my presence is there, uh, but I'm not really with her. I can be on my phone or watching TV. I'm not connected to her. But the Bible tells us as Christians, God is with us. He's actually with us and He engages with us. 
And the Holy Spirit indwells us as believers. So everywhere we go, not only will we experience His presence generally, we as Christians experience God's presence specifically, relationally, and intimately in our lives. In fact, listen to what Psalm 139, 5-6 says. This is an incredible verse. It says, You hem me in, behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. I love the honesty of the psalmist here. Because when we think about the presence of God, it's so vast and so amazing that it's hard for us to wrap our minds around. And honestly, when I look at my life, I think of how unworthy I am to get to experience the presence of God. But I love the fact that just as a human being, a created human, I live in a world where God is everywhere. But as a follower of Jesus, I've been made a child of God, which means God is now with me. And as a Christian, the Holy Spirit has indwelled me. And I can say with the psalmist, in fact, I can say because of the Holy Spirit in me, I can say something the psalmist couldn't actually say because of the cross and the resurrection, that I have the presence of God wrapping all the way around me. The Israelites gave you a picture of that. Jesus was before them, leading them. He was behind them, protecting them. And we can know in our lives that Jesus is all the way around us and in us. It's an amazing truth. It should be a comforting truth that, listen, no matter where you find yourself right now, no matter where your Red Sea moment has taken place, their Red Sea moment took place at the Red Sea. Yours may be taking place in a hospital room. It may be taking place in a courtroom. It may be taking place inside the walls of your home. It may be taking place inside your mind and your heart. I don't know what you're going through, but I know this. Whatever it is, if you're a believer and a follower of God, you are not alone because Christ is all around you. As I rise, strength of God, go before, lift me up. As I wake, eyes of God, look upon, be my side. As I wait, heart of God. Satisfy and sustain as I hear voice of God lead me on, be my guide, be my guide above and below me, before and behind me. Christ be all around me, above and below me, before and behind me, in every eye that sees me. Christ be all around me. Oh, oh. Christ be all.
as I go Hand of God My defense By my side As I rest Breath of God Fall upon Bring me peace Bring me peace Above and below me Before and behind me In every eye that sees me Christ be all around me Above and below me Before and behind me In every eye that sees me Christ be all around me Whoa, whoa Christ be all around me Whoa, whoa Christ be all absolutely love that song. It's one of my favorites. It's one of my family's favorite songs to sing because it reminds me that I'm never alone and it reminds me that Jesus Christ, our great God, is all around us. In the same way Jesus saved and rescued the Israelites from slavery, He has saved and rescued us. He is our great Redeemer. He was the great Savior and Redeemer of Israel at the Red Sea. He is our great Savior and Redeemer. Now, to help us further understand the presence of God today, I think two words will help us, and it's these two words, the word expression and the word experience. To understand the presence of God, we need to understand the way God expresses His presence and the way we experience His presence. Let's start with the way God expresses His presence.
Now, the way God expresses His presence is often termed in this way, the manifest presence of God. Uh, let, me, let me say it like this. We understand now, right, that no matter where you are in this created universe, God is there because God is everywhere at once. But we also understand that as believers, we experience Him not just in that general sense. We experience God in a very intimate and relational way, and it is very powerful. But there's another way we can experience God, and we see it all in this story of the Israelites at the Red Sea when God is literally uh, leading them by a pillar of cloud during the day and fire by night, and we can see these very visual ways He is making Himself known. It's very powerful. He's about to make Himself known by splitting the Red Sea, right? What do we call that? We call that the manifestation of the presence of God. Here's a great example to help you understand, okay? Let's say that all of us were back in the church building, okay, which we can't wait to do. And we're all in a building. Let's say there's, a, there's 500 of us in a room. And inside the room, there is a billionaire. There's a man sitting in the room, and he's worth a billion dollars. He's got tons of money, and he's sitting there. His presence is there, right? He's literally in the room. But no one really knows that he's there. He just looks like another person. He's in the room. He's with everybody, correct? He's with all 500 people. But then let's say the billionaire stands up in the middle of the service and he says, hey, I want to give everyone in the room $100,000, right? So he looks at everyone in the room and he pulls out all this money and he says, all 500 people in the room with me right now, I'm a billionaire and I'm going to give everyone $100,000. What has just happened? Watch this. He has manifested His presence. In other words, He has expressed that He is there in a very visible and powerful way. Now, God does not always do that, but sometimes He does. And we see it happening here for the Israelites. And I bet if you look across your life, you have seen God express Himself in this way or manifest His presence in this way. I've seen it happen so many times in my life. Sometimes it's a big thing like the Red Sea moment. I've seen it happen like that. Myself and 12 other uh, staff members of our church found ourselves stuck in a very dangerous situation uh, in the Middle East as the global pandemic was actually exploding into reality. We were stuck there, and it was a very precarious situation. And without going into a lot of detail, I can tell you that I saw God manifest His presence in our lives over and over again over about a seven to eight day period. I'm talking about miraculous things that could not have happened if God would not have been involved. We felt led to make phone calls to people in the middle of airports at midnight that we would have never thought about calling, that when we called them, they had the answers that we needed. It seemed like heaven and earth was moving in front of us to make a way for us. We had a Red Sea moment, and God split the Red Sea right in front of us and got us home. So I know what a big moment looks like, but let me tell you, my wife and I have been blessed to have three kids, and I will never forget all three times in a hospital room when my children were born, Gabe, Cooper, and Gracie, I could feel in a very tangible, powerful way, watch this, the presence of God. God had manifested His presence as new life began to breathe and heart began to beat, and I got to hold in my hands our newborn children. I could sense the manifest presence of God. I've been in church gatherings right here at Three Circle where we worshiped and we sang and we prayed and we could sense God move and manifest His presence in a very powerful way. And the Israelites that day had been told all about their God, but on that day, 
there in the deserts of Egypt, they are seeing God manifest himself. Pillar of cloud by day, pillar of fire by night. Now he is protecting them from the Egyptians and he's about to split the Red Sea wide open. What is that called? It's awesome. We should recognize it. We should celebrate it. We can even ask for it in prayer. And God doesn't always manifest his presence, but when he does, it is awesome when we as Christians get to experience the expression of the manifest presence of our God. So we've looked at the manifest presence of God, which is God expressing Himself to us. But then there's this thing that God has given us, and it's this ability to, as Christians now, as believers, we get to tap into the presence of God, and He is always available to us. You know, I tell my kids, hey, Dad is always here for you. If you want to talk to me, I'm always here. My doors, I will drop everything for you. And God has really done that for us. We can experience the presence of God every single day in our lives, whether we're going through a Red Sea moment or whether we just got done walking through the Red Sea on the dry land and everything's good. We can still experience the presence of God. And we call this practicing the presence of God. And let me tell you four ways we can practice the presence of God. Four ways that we can experience and practice the presence of God. Number one, we need to understand His presence in our lives. And that's what we've done today. We've looked at the truth of who God is and how He operates to better understand His presence. And the way we understand His presence in our lives is to go to the Bible and go to truth and let that tell us what the presence of God really is. Listen to Genesis 28, uh, 15. I, I absolutely love this verse. It is so very powerful. Genesis 28, 15 says this, Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I promised you. So God told them way back in Genesis, I will not leave you. That is truth that we need to be reminded of today. As you're facing your Red Sea moments right now, you're tuning in from wherever you are, you need to be reminded, whatever it is, whether you're going through a divorce, whether you're going through health issues, whether you're scared to death about what's going to happen next in the world, you need to know that God has promised He will not leave you. Listen to Hebrews 13 and 5. He says, keep your life free from love of money. Watch where this goes. So he says, you don't have to worry about money. Be content with what you have. And here's the reason why. Watch this. For he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. And I'm going to be honest. I think we're all a little worried about finances and money and economy and how we're going to provide and all those things. And we can be reminded again, how in the middle of this pandemic can I practice the presence of God? Run to the truth. When I'm afraid, I need to run to the truth and be reminded. God said, no matter what, he will be with me in my Red Sea moment. Secondly, we must recognize His presence. We need to learn to recognize His presence in our lives. Call it out. Uh, say it out loud that we recognize His presence. The Apostle Paul did this in a fascinating way. So if you look at the New Testament, the Apostle Paul seemed to always be in trouble and always be uh, being put in prison and put on trial. 
but he was writing a letter to his protege, Timothy. And in 2 Timothy 4, 16-17, listen to what Paul said. And I want you to watch how the Apostle Paul looked at his life and he recognized the presence of God. He said this, At my first defense, no one came to stand by me. So everyone left Paul out on his own, right? All deserted me, he says. But may it not be charged against them. Look at verse 17. But the Lord stood by me and strengthened me, so that through me the message might be fully proclaimed, and all the Gentiles might hear it. So I was rescued from the lion's mouth. Now watch this. Paul had obviously been through a harrowing situation, and he realized that no one helped him. It was God. And he recognized the presence of God in his life, strengthening him and getting him through it. Let me ask you something. Have you in the middle of this pandemic recognized, looked for it, celebrated it, been grateful for the presence of God getting you through this situation? We need to understand the presence of God because understanding His presence will give us comfort. And understanding His presence will also give us restraint when it comes to our battle against sin. If I understand and recognize that God is always with me, then I'm not going to do things thinking that He, for some reason, can't see what I'm doing. God sees everything we do. So we need to understand that His presence is with us at all times. And when we recognize that, it will be a deterrent to sinful behavior in our lives. And it will be an incredible comfort when we face our Red Sea moments. Third, we need to access His presence. We need to access His presence. And do you know how you access the presence of God? Let me tell you two ways. Prayer and worship unlocks the door to the presence for you to experience and practice the presence of God in your life. Listen to Deuteronomy 4.7. I love this verse. It says, For what great nation, it's talking about the Israelites, what great nation is there that has a God so near to it as the Lord our God is to us, watch this, whenever we call upon Him. Now watch. When are you near to God? So remember what we said. The presence of God we understand when we talk about Him being near and far. It's not that He ran across the street. God is with us at all times. When we speak of spatial terminology about God, we are not talking about actual space. We're talking about experiential. Okay, You're never away from God. But you can be experientially separated from Him. You can be far from Him in that regard. And what the book of Deuteronomy is telling us is that when we pray... We are drawing near to Him. Even though His presence is all around us at all times, you get to experience that presence when you pray and when you worship God. I love what James 4.8 tells us. He says, draw near to God, He will draw near to you. Again, if you want to practice the presence of God every day in your life, pray and worship God. Because when you do, this God who's all around you at all times draws near to you in an experiential way in a way that will strengthen and comfort you in your life. And then finally, we must reflect His presence. When we walk in His presence, when we practice His presence, we need to reflect His presence. I would say it like this. Our demeanor should be one of joy if we understand and practice the presence of God. Psalm 1611 says it like this. You make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there it is, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Fullness of joy is practicing the presence of God. This great story, true story. There was a man by the name of Nicholas, a French man in the 1600s. And Nicholas fought in the Thirty Years' War, which France went through. And then he, he, he became a Christian as a young man. Fought that war, came out of the war. And at 50 years old, he felt like he did not experience the presence of God enough. So he went into a monastery. 
And he gets there and he's going to dedicate his life to walking with God and learning the presence of God. When he gets there, he disappointingly gets assigned to the kitchen duty. And he, that's his job in the monastery. He's got to cook. And it's hot. And during those times, kitchens were hot. And at first he was very disappointed. He felt almost insulted by this. But after time, God began to work on him and he changed the way he thought about it. And he began to find joy in everything he did because he realized the presence of God was something that he could experience at all times and all places. It was right there for him to grab onto whenever he wanted to. And he began to walk with God and it changed him. In fact, he became renowned for his joy and his radiance. So much so that people from all over the country and eventually the world would come to meet with him and find out about his walk with God. One of these in particular was the Abbot of Beaufort. The Abbot of Beaufort came to talk to Nicholas, and they had several visits, and they had a series of letters that they exchanged about Nicholas's walk with God. The Abbot of Beaufort thankfully kept them and turned them into a book that you've probably heard of. It's called The Practice of the Presence of God, and Nicholas's name that is attributed to the book is who you know as Brother Lawrence, one of the most famous writers about God of all time. Now what changed? God was there all the time. But Brother Lawrence, Nicholas, he entered into that presence and he began to practice that presence. And that's what I hope for today as you face your Red Sea moment, that you would experience the presence of God. If you're a believer in Christ, He's all around you. He's there for you. All you have to do is draw near to Him because He will draw near to you. We must practice the presence of God.